1: Into the mailbag, Ryan. We have we have several super chats here and let you answer some of these as well. And this one's from Jay Clamp and Investments. Thank you very, very much. How frustrated are you right now? You guys put in so much work and effort. The feeling is worse than BKPTSD. I mean, I, I I think there's
2: a couple different vantage points for me, Brian, right? Like, how frustrated am I right now about everything that's happening? I would I would I would put it like this it's unfortunate. I, you know, at the end of the day, if Peyton Bowen doesn't end up with Notre Dame, I feel like it's going to take away a lot of luster from what is even without him, a very good Notre Dame class. And I feel honestly feel bad because I've gotten to know a lot of the recruits obviously in 2023 that are going to be signing with Notre Dame. And it's very unfortunate that they're like, it's kind of tarnishing the fact that they are, putting together a great class, right? Like it, it, it would be very unfortunate if that were to happen. It doesn't technically affect me, right? Because I cover the team. Yes, I, wanted to, I want them to do very well, but at the end of the day, my livelihood isn't based upon what the recruiting class ultimately looks like, right? I'm going to cover it regardless. But I feel really bad for the players that I've gotten to know, the parents that I've gotten to know that this has become such a more of a headline over the fact that, Marcus Freeman and his staff have still killed it on the recruiting trail. They have still a really good class regardless of what the finish looks like here. It's just very unfortunate for me. Is like the biggest thing. So I just, I'm frustrated because I feel like it's a lot of things that are out of the staff's control too, right? Like I could handle there being blunders and maybe there being some missteps, but there's a lot of things that have happened in this recruiting process this year that aren't really in, Notre Dame's control, which is unfortunate, right? Like, yeah. it's not an even play. It's not an even playing field. I saw someone say yesterday that I would love to see Marcus Freeman put together a class in the pre NIL era. And I'm just oh. like,
1: it would be dominant. Like, it would but just be. But this class is. Can I just interrupt you here quick, Ryan? Of course. Yeah. Let's just say, hypothetically, Notre Dame loses Jaden Lamar and Peyton Bowen. Sure. Big losses. Sure. The problem is, we'll never be able to get people to see the class for what it is. It'll always be what it yep. should have been. Yep. You should have had Dante. I'm good with where they are at quarterback. By the way, yes. you should man. You should have had Keon. You should have had Peyton. Okay, sure. Get all that. But here's the thing: if that class, if this class never had those three players in it, Notre Dame fans would be looking at this class fired up. This is the best receiver class we've signed in for a long time. You've got one of the most explosive running backs in the country. You got a legit fast rising quarterback that even though he played half a year has all of a sudden everybody jumping him up into their top 200, right? You got the best offensive, arguably the best offensive line class in the country. You have four defensive linemen that are now all ranked as a top 200 player by at least one service. So yeah, Uh you're bummed that Keon Keely didn't come. How many people have four defensive linemen in a class that are all ranked as at least two top 200 players by at least one service. And I think two of them are ranked as top hundred guys by at least one service. You have arguably the best linebacker class in the country, arguably the best cornerback in class in the country. And yes, you're losing. If, if you lose Peyton Bowen, you still have a Don Shuler. You still have Ben Minich. And you could also have, you know, potentially a Brandon Hillman. Who's one of the most versatile athletes who now all of a sudden is blowing up as a recruit and jumping into people's top 200s. If you took what they, what they what they didn't have away. If Peyton Bowen never committed to Notre Dame, if Keon Keely never committed to Notre Dame, people are looking at this class different because it's still a top five class to me in that instance. And that's the frustrating thing. The just not frustrating, disappointing thing It's because it's and and I'm not blaming people. I get it. I'm going to feel that way. I I get it. I've said it because we said, oh, man, could you just imagine if they still had Keon? Sure. How many times have we said that? Yeah. Right. Dante, like I said, I'm good with.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
3: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
2: Perfect, perfect example. Sorry to cut you off, but I posted my- I just cut
1: you off. It's only fair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I posted my Armel Mukum senior piece on the board earlier, right? Because I watched Armel Mookam. I know you watched it too, and Armel Mukum took a huge step forward. I mean, he was ranked as the number 191 player by 247 now. I mean, he took a massive step, right? I posted that in the thing, and the first comment I got on the board was, I don't think anybody's really going to care since Notre Dame might lose Peyton Bowen. I'm just like, why is that what we're talking about in a piece that is highlighting Armel Mukum and the progress he made on a season? That was my point to start this conversation is I feel bad for a lot of the players in this class because it's a very good class with or without Peyton Bowen, and now that if they doesn't end up in the class and if Jaden Lamar doesn't end up in the class, it's going to take the luster off of what is still a very good class for some people from a national media perspective. And it's just and from a Notre Dame fan perspective, too. And it's, it's a shame, man, because, I mean, you're missing out on a lot of really good football players that are going to be a part of the solution, right? They right. are. And I just I, – I wish that we would just – appreciate like i wish you could read an armel Mukum piece about his progress as a senior year and be like wow that's awesome he really did look good i watched his right. film i agree he looked a lot better he's going to be good player down the line when he's developed properly instead of turning that into peyton bowen right, right. like just highlight the good parts too not right. just the name what
1: does it have to too. do with peyton Bowen? it'd be one thing if you're like man but boy but keanu's better yeah okay great sure yes
0: sure sure
1: but that's the thing is is you just have to you just have to look at it and say you have to look at what it is. This is still a gap closing class. It's not a gap erasing racing class. And with Keon and Peyton, it cl- mm-hmm. it's close to being that. Because we've said this, gap closing is one of two things. It's either a you just get the big time players that don't go to those schools, number one, or b you are doing better than what you have been doing. So Alabama's widening the gap based on what they've got the number one class. That's not widening the gap. That's just who they are. Right. It's just, it's just who they are. That's what they're doing. This isn't a, they had how many years of right. This isn't like a, a, wow, this class is even better than the ones they've had before. Right. You know, like, and second of all, I'll take, I'll take Kenny Minchie over Eli Holstein every single day of the freaking week and eight times on Saturday. And I don't care what the rankings say. I'll, I'll challenge everybody here. Go watch the film, mm-hmm. and and tell me why is that kid ranked the top hundred? Where's he going to school? Yeah, that matters, people. It does. And if, and I give you, we could do a whole show on that about how kids yeah. go commit to Bama, and all of a sudden they skyrocket up the rankings. We, we talked about that slot
2: receiver that's rated above the yeah.
1: Great House the other day. Like yeah. yeah,
2: like what are you watching?
1: Oh, he's <laughs> committed to Bama. Oh, I get it. Makes total sense.
2: Jaden Greathouse is one of the most productive wide receivers
1: ever in six A in the state of Texas. Like that right. stuff matters, man. Right, matters. but he's not a top two hundred forty seven player in the country. Okay, okay. sure. There's forty nine player better players in the state, or forty eight better players in the state of Texas according to two four seven than than R- Jaden. You, you remember the uh,
2: was it on three or I forget which one it was that had Micah Bell as the sixty seventh best yes, player in
1: the state of Texas? In the t- yeah. state of Texas, state right. of Texas.
4: Yeah.
1: So again this class is not as good as it could have been. Sure. The difference is between this class and past classes is the past classes. They didn't get kids because of their own lack of doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing they could have done differently. And if they lose Peyton Bowen, you know, okay, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Wait, It sucks. Um, sure does. still a heck of talent. a class. still yeah. a heck of a class. And that's what needs to be focused on. Is there a way to get those kids in the future? I don't know. You just got to find a kid that's willing to, you know, find the next Jeremiah Love that's willing to turn down those things. The next Christian – Gray. I mean, look, let, let me tell you all something. Peyton Bowen is not the only kid in his class that's been offered pretty big NIL deals. That's a fact. There's several fact.
2: players, several playmakers on the right. offensive side of the football that have been offered a lot
1: of money in Some class. kids are willing to say, I'm going to bet on myself that – yes, I'm turning down some big early money Mm -hmm. to go to Notre Dame because I feel in 20 years I'm going to blow past that whatever I'm being offered. Mm -hmm. Some kids look and say, I want the immediate payoff. Okay, that's fine. You have that right. I may not agree with it, but it doesn't make you – like every kid that takes in our own money is not a bad, selfish, greedy kid. Some kids may need it. Some kids may not have been kind of taught why this may not be a good idea. Yeah. Right and and some kids. I mean, some kids just say, you know, I understand that it's a risk, but I'm betting on myself to still get developed. Yes, you know, there's a lot of reasons that it's like you take the money and it's like it doesn't make you a bad kid. You're taking advantage of the system that's in play right now and the fact that there's no enforcement of it. Okay, it doesn't fine. make you a bad kid at all. Other kids all. are saying, I get that, but I, I I believe there's a different way for me uh, and a better way and a harder uh, way. I'll tell this story a little more in depth
2: on signing day when everything's over with, but I had a recruit in the 2023 class that has committed to Notre Dame that literally texted me yesterday and said, I don't care about the short term. I want to be great long-term. And I'm just like, that's the kid that needs to be in this class. They've got to find those kids.
1: And and some of them are big time players. Yes. I mean, Christian gray, Jaden, Greathouse, Braylon James. These are all kids that we've heard rumors about being flipped. Why do you think there was rumors about them being flipped? Because reporters are being told that schools were offering him big money. And these people just assumed, well, if this kid's being offered that, well, that means he's going to flip, right? Right. No. No. That's where the Jeremiah Love rumors came from. That's where the the Braylon James rumors came from. But it's like, but you don't know the James family, do you? (laughs) Because they understand what that money would mean for that family. They do. Mm -hmm. They also understand what this Notre Dame education means for Braylon. Yes, and they get that. There are people out there like that. There are the James you family, the Love family,
2: the Shuler family. There's a lot the of The Minchie family. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, we, we could we could play this game all day, you, you know. And and that's not a knock on the kids that walked away from it. Again, I don't have a problem with a kid taking the money. I only ever would have a problem with the way they did it, and 100%. if they're upfront about it. Yeah. You know. Now they can only be so upfront about it because it's illegal. Right. right. So that's why kids push back like, hey, that's not what the offer was. It's because they'd have to admit, yeah, of course I got offered that. Uh, sure. You may want to rethink that kid. Why? Uh, that's not legal. Yes. So, of course, they're not going to say that, nor should they. If I was advising them, hey, bro, you may not want to admit that, man, because why? Because that's illegal. Can't do that. You can't they can't entice you with an offer, but, you know, from a collective or something else. So those are the things that you look at and say, I get it. I get it. But the reality is, is the only frustrating thing for me, I'm not frustrated with what happened yet. I'm frustrated that people continue to steal our information and put it out publicly. That pisses me off, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to back down from what we, what we stated on the board and until we dropped. Cause it's true. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't have a problem with what Peyton tweeted last night. Cause he needs to do that. He needs to be able to say that he can't say if it is the reason that he chooses, he can't say that it's, it's just not possible. Right. The but the only frustration for me is that and then the fact that people are just if he jumps out of the class, and this again, it hasn't happened yet, but if he does decommit, it's the, the narrative is always going to be what this class could have been. Yeah, and there's not gonna be enough people until the class gets the nerd name and proves it. Mm-hmm. There's not gonna be enough people that say, Man, I wish you know that we could focus on what this class is. Yeah, because what this class is. It's Really good. Yep. Hey, you're complaining about Notre Dame's quarterback issues? They got one of the best in the country coming in.
4: I ah, mm-hmm. they don't have enough
1: playmakers on offense. They got arguably the best group of playmakers coming in. Ah, they're not real. They need more physical blockers. They got five of them coming in. And Notre Dame, here's one. Notre Dame's yep. not real big on def- on the defensive line. Well, let me <laughs> introduce blanche. you to these monsters. Right? They need to get more there. speed at linebacker. Check. Man, you know that last year's corner class was pretty good, but. You need another one and, and maybe some dudes that can run check and check. Uh, you know, I was told that I was because it's funny. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and, and I and I had a question. I was like, you know, I was talking about Christian Gray speed. And they were I said, you know, do you put do you do you think he can run like the house? And they're like, no, he he actually did that in Notre Dame, too. He, he didn't run a four four flat at Notre Dame, but he ran in the four fours in Notre Dame, too, when he camped a couple of years ago. It's like, That's OK, awesome. cool. And then you saw it on film this year more. Yep. Okay, check. All right. I mean, they what didn't they check? Okay, they didn't get the five stars that we know of, but people said that last year too. And I would argue that Benjamin Morrison is absolutely playing like a five star right now.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, they don't get any five-star defensive linemen. Okay, maybe not. But does anyone want to tell me that Isaiah Foskey hasn't played like a five-star in the last two years? You're all, your all-time leading sacker at Notre Dame. Like, yeah, right, exactly. Will Fuller is one of the best receivers we've seen, and he was mostly a three-star right. rated. ESPN player. didn't. He was the lowest-ranked player in Notre Dame's class. And Will Fuller was, and ESPN also didn't believe that Quentin Nelson was a top hundred player coming out of high school.
4: Yeah,
1: you know. So and, the, and and the great thing that the staff has done, I know
2: people are going to hear this right now with, you know, the Keon stuff, the maybe the Peyton Bowen stuff, whatever. But the one thing, great thing that Chad Bowden, Marcus Freeman, and this staff have done on the recruiting side is they also have accumulated a lot of depth at every position in this class. So even if you do lose a Peyton Bowen. Hey man, Adon Schuler and Ben Minich is still a pretty dang good safety group, isn't it? Brandon Hillman could be a guy that maybe could play safety too if you need him to. So, yes, you you the wide receivers, right? You lost Dylan Edwards. Well, you still have Jaden Greathouse, Braylon James, Caleb Smith, Rico Flores. Like you're still good there, man. You're still right. good. You, you lose Jaden Lamar potentially, maybe. Oh, well, you still got Jeremiah Love, and you still have all those running back monsters that are already in the on campus right now, including Jadarian mm. and Presco injury. So no, Notre Dame's doing a good job, I think, of kind of checking those boxes and getting that depth in the class. So that, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Next one here from, uh, and, and again, thanks for that super chat, uh, Jay Clampett. Wicked Bronco Productions. I'm not fully bought into South Carolina as a team or Rattler. Pine had more TDs than him by a lot. Anyways, do you guys think Freeman plays both Angeli and Buckner? More Tobias, any portal updates? I think that quarterback touchdown thing is a little bit misleading. Mm-hmm. And the reason I would say that is, is because number one, Drew Pine played behind an offensive line in a run game that averaged almost 200 yards a game or about 200 yards a game when he was the starter. Sure. Right? Because he didn't start against Marshall and North Carolina or Nojasta when they didn't run a whole lot. Mm hmm. He wasn't asked to carry the offense the way that Spencer Rattler was. Now, I'm I'm cool with you saying you're not bought into Spencer Rattler. Cool. Spencer because, again, the, for the two great games you had late, Rand, right? we also pointed out that they weren't always that good, right? <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to have some doubts about Spencer Rattler. I just don't think that little, taking that little statistic really, you know, I think it, it can just be a little bit misleading, in my opinion. That's all. That's all it, I'm it, say. it can be a cherry picked stats. Because yeah. if you start, like, talking about, you know, what is, but what are the passing yardage
2: totals? What are the completion percentages? Right. What are you know? So there's right a, a debate that you can have there. So
1: right, you know, and, and you know, weapons and all that other kind of stuff. Yep. You know, here's Concepts. what I here's what I do know. Drew Pine was much better at protecting the football than Spencer yes. But again, yeah. he wasn't asked to make some of the throws that Spencer Rattler was being asked to make. Spencer. Either Spencer Rattler's taking a lot more chances than Drew Pine is. To your point, yes. Spencer yeah. Rattler was Notre Dame's quarterback. His numbers would look a lot different. They would. <laughs> I'm not saying he'd be a, a winner. I mean, I'd still have some other issues with with him. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that is something that I would see. Um, to his other questions, do you guys think Freeman plays both Angeli and Buckner? Um, I, I think it depends on what how they feel about Tyler's conditioning level. To be honest yeah. with you, uh, yeah. and and I hope I hope they both play because at the very least, if they both play, it means Notre Dame most likely blue South Carolina out. Like That's if he's point. playing because of that, cool. Uh, more Tobias. I definitely think we'll see more of him from from what I've been told. Any portal updates? No, I think Notre Dame's portal stuff is going to happen closer to the bowl game and after is when they we'll start their, to see more of that stuff. They got the yeah. kicker. Got Spencer yeah. Schrader. Because y'all gotta remember there's gonna be some kids that jump into the portal after bowl games. Yes. That's it. doesn't what's the 18th it closes, Ryan? Eight, January 18th, I believe. Something, something, like, something that. like that. But it's in January yeah. is when it closes. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna see some more kids jump in, and and, and there's been some kids in Notre Dame's been on that have picked other schools, and yep. there's gonna be some kids in Notre Dame gets on. And look, there's buzz in the in 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 like coaches hear other stuff. Hey, you know, so and so is probably gonna get in the portal after the bowl game. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Uh, so there's gonna be positions that are gonna be coming open after the bowl games too, as they start, because it's just an open period. I mean, once you know, I I thought originally it closed at some point in time in December and then opened again in January, but it just stays open. Yeah. yeah. Is the way that it is now. So there's gonna be more in there. So we're going to so, be busy well after. I think there was this to, assumption, Ryan, that every kid that was going to jump on the port was going to do so the first day on the first day. Yeah. It's and like that's free not really it's like how free it agency.
2: Yeah, right? It's not really yeah. it works. I mean,
1: it is free agency, but, but it doesn't yeah. work time timing wise that way.
2: Yeah. In my you mind. just, you just usually see in like the free agent period of NFL, like usually like right. 80% of the contracts are signed the first day, you know, and then it's like trickles the rest of the way. <laughs>
1: that's that's the, the nutty part thing. about it. So yes, it um, is. Yeah. I just want to stress again how much I would appreciate people that are on our site not taking shots of our content and putting it on Twitter or other sites. Yeah. I just would appreciate that. Out of respect. At the very least, just out of respect. Brock Fonville, thank you for your super chat. What if people start paying outrageous amounts for players like CJ Carr? Will Notre Dame eventually have to join NIL to compete if nothing is done? Listen, let me tell you all something. Notre Dame is never going to jump in NIL from an enticing recruits standpoint unless the NCAA makes it legal. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. So whether they should or shouldn't or any, I, I don't think they should. I'm still a believer of, I don't necessarily want that kind of problem on my team where right. I've got to have a third string safety making more than you know, anybody on my defense or a third string quarterback making X amount of dollars and you know, making more than my offensive coordinator or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to have to deal with, I mean, cause I mean, think about the some of the stuff we've heard with Tennessee yeah. late in the year with the, yeah. the, the guys having issues with, well, you're making this and you're making that. And so there's jealousy towards your quarterback instead of having your quarterbacks back or something like that with some, some people. Yeah. I don't want that. I want a kid that wants to be here because here's the deal. A kid who's just coming here because I gave you money is going to leave as soon as he's unhappy. You want an example? Texas A&M, Alabama. Two perfect examples, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Georgia doesn't get in the transfer portal market as much. They run their program a little different. I don't see a lot of kids leaving there that are starters and that are doing things right. Michigan hasn't had a losses of guys that were starters. They had losses of guys who'd kind of gotten passed up through sure. their play or an Eric Alls situation sort of injuries, mm-hmm. right? And so those are programs that are saying, hey, we're we're not going to play that game, right? How many portal kids did Georgia have in their rotation this year? Zero. I was about to say probably none, if any. <laughs> yeah, they their leading receiver left to go to Bama. Yep. he got more nil money. Guess what he's not doing right now? Competing for a championship. True. Right. I still believe that's the way to build this that's the best way to keep a team together to where guys aren't leaving after year one. Cause they're not happy. Mm-hmm. And what do you say? Hold on a second. We gave that guy a million dollars. What? Okay. Well, that's not legal. So you can't admit that. Right. <laughs> Cause schools are screwed just as much as the kids are, yep. you know? And so I just don't want to build a team that way mm-hmm. if it's illegal. And even if it's legal, I don't necessarily want to do it that way. Because you're hiring mercenaries, not kids who want to be here for the right reasons. And at Notre Dame, that matters more because it's harder at Notre Dame. We've never said that. you you got $3 million NIL deal. Yeah, but you still have to go to class. You still have to go to study tables. You still have to do this. You have to do this. And if a kid's just there because you offered him the best deal, we'll do a lot of stuff, man. I'm going to play football. You know? Well, no, no. You're here because of the education. No, no. That's not why I signed with you guys. I signed with you guys because you offered me X amount of dollars. Okay. Uh, Well, good luck wherever you're going to transfer to. Like, do you really want to get into that game? I don't know if I do. I'd rather find the next Isaiah Foskey, develop him, than to go buy Damon Wilson. Yeah, I I just would because I'm gonna have. I feel like I can win more with that guy. That kind of guy. And I think in a couple
2: years too, we're going to be in a situation because. I think that it has to change at some point, right? There has to be some type of restriction or something on it. But, Brian, can you imagine in a couple years there's going to be that one player that it didn't work out for that's going to now come out in front of everyone and say, you know, University X gave me $6 million under the table that was fully compensation for for pay-for-play. It had nothing to do with NIL. And then there's going to be backlash. There's going to be things handed down. And it's just – it's going to be a mess, man. It is. That's why I I always call it the Wild West because that's really what it is right now. Teams have no direction. They have no – well, players have no direction more than anything as far as what they're signing themselves into. Teams are doing whatever they want because now they can justify it with the word NIL instead of what it actually is. And then it's all going to – it's gone – Stuff's gonna hit the fan here pretty soon. It's going to happen. Because as these kids start to get more and more money, and for the ones that do not turn out right, you're gonna hear a lot of stories that are gonna come out as far as how they're treated, how they weren't treated well, what you know, they were gypped of money, the the school didn't all give them what they were promised, you know, all those types of things. It's gonna happen. And that's why I think that, you know, maybe this new president is gonna be a part of the change. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is there has to be change at some point because things are going to get bad here, folks. It's going to get yeah. really, really bad before it gets any better.
1: I want to bring this comment up from uh, Tom. Fla- uh, happy, 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 happy. Who's a South Carolina fan that's joined us now for a couple shows. He said, no disrespect intended, but I think Notre Dame's weaknesses in the upcoming bowl uh, have been at quarterback. Uh Yeah. Bro, that's no disrespect. That's truth. (laughs) I mean, Uh, you're not going to give no argument here, partner, right? I mean, Notre Dame's had some quarterbacks at times, but look, we'll sit there and say it here. I mean, we've said this here. The thing that's held Notre Dame back in a lot of years, 2015 uh, was not one of those years. That was a defensive year. But past that, 2017, quarterback issues. 2018, quarterback issues. 2019, 2020. One of the biggest differences. Now, there was other differences between Notre Dame and Bama in 2020. But the most glaring was a quarterback, in my opinion. You know, the, yep. the perimeter, they had more skill in the perimeter than Notre Dame did, and there's some other things like that. But in the trenches, Notre Dame Notre Dame went toe to toe in the trenches with Alabama that year. I mean, just mm-hmm. pop on the film and you'll see that. Where Alabama was better, was they had better athletes on the perimeter and they were way better quarterback. Yes. That was the difference. 2018, the only difference between Notre Dame and Clemson, in my opinion, was quarterback. You flip quarterbacks in that game. And I think the score looks somewhat similar. I think Clemson would have scored a you know, Notre Dame would've scored a, you know, um, maybe a little more, maybe Clemson scores a little bit more, whatever who knows. But it would have been a, a route if Brian, you find quarterbacks. The, by the way, you just reminded me, Trevor
2: Lawrence just had maybe one of the best games I've ever seen a quarterback play in the NFL this past week, man. He was I know you're not an NFL guy, but you should go watch, dude. He was making yeah. some throws that were just out
1: You're like, okay, now that's the Trevor we, <laughs> we thought we would see. Dude,
2: back shoulder balls, in-pocket manipulation. It was just a clinic. He's playing fantastic the last few weeks, Trevor Lawrence. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep.
1: He hasn't thrown an interception in like five weeks or something like that's that. That's good. Six weeks. Good. Yeah. He's talented. He just went to a – that's one of the problems about being a highly ranked quarterback and a well-regarded quarterback is you're most likely – more often than not, going to a team that stinks. Uh, and not you know? only a
2: not only a bad franchise for the last few years, but also Urban Meyer was your first yeah. head coach in the NFL.
1: Man. Like let's not let's not like I'm a John Elway fan, right? Let's yeah. not act like him getting traded to the Broncos didn't help his career be better. Compared to say if he went would have went to the Colts. Right, because so yeah. they were yeah. a terrible franchise. And that's exactly why John Elway wasn't going to go there. Right. But he went to I think the Broncos made the playoffs with like Steve DeBerg the year before, I believe. Elway uh, got there. Uh, yep. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, that's important. I mean, it didn't help. The Steelers were down when they drafted Ben Roethlisberger. They still were drafting like 11th or 12th. They just had a down year. They weren't a bad franchise, which is often what you see in these situations.
2: Was it, was it Dan, was Dan Reeves the coach when Elway was
1: traded to the Broncos? He was the coach at that time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. He he played for Dan Reeves and then uh, Wade Phillips for a couple of years. And then Mike Shanahan. Nice. Those were his three head coaches.
2: It's not bad, he actually
1: had the most yards of his career playing for Wade Phillips. That's funny. He threw, That was, <laughs> I think, the only year he ever threw for over 4,000 yards, which at the time, that was a lot of stinking yards. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. Dude, that, yeah. was like, um, that was like when uh, Dan Marino set the touchdown
2: record in 1984 with 48. The previous mm-hmm. record, I think, was like 35 by Dan Fouts. Yeah.
1: Well, and the thing, too, is what was wild about that one was um, – I'm going to look up the numbers, but I think like the next closest guy just had like way fewer stats. I'm actually going to pull that up because it was actually kind of funny. I've looked this up before. Yeah, he threw 48 touchdowns. The next highest guy was Dave Craig with 32. Hmm. I remember him from the Seahawks. And then the yes. next highest, Neil Lomax and Joe Montana were tied at 28. Then there was four other quarterbacks that were in the twenties. Lynn Dickey at 25, Joe Theismann at 24, Tony Easton at 23, Phil Sims at 22. The number okay. nine quarterback that year had 19. That was like, um, that was
2: uh, like when, ba- when Babe Ruth hit like 26 home runs, I think the, one of his first years,
1: he set the home run record. It was like 10 before 20s. <laughs> Like that's, that's kind of, that's a wild stat right there, man. But I, I do miss the fact that we just mentioned two Notre Dame guys, you know, um, yeah, in the top 10, you know, Joe Theisen was a Notre Dame guy and Joe Montana. It'd be nice if we can get back to having that conversation, you know, Seriously. having Notre Dame quarterbacks be guys that we're talking about as NFL production. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, and then he had five. Now the one thing they had similar is, is uh, yards. I didn't, like, it was weird. You had a couple offenses that threw for a mess of yards. One surprised me, Ryan. when I went and looked at 1984, because I did this lookup one time, I was like, mm-hmm. I think Marino was, like, way ahead in yards, too. But that yeah. year, Le- Neil Lomax for the Cardinals uh, had 4,600 yards. Phil Simms threw for 4,044 4, yards that year. Wow. Like, here's, here's what made the the NFL different back then. Here's the interceptions they threw. Dan Marino, 17. Neil Lomax, 16. Phil Simms, 18. Dan Fouts, 17. Remember I said Dave Craig had 32 touchdowns? 24 yeah. picks. <laughs> uh, 18 from Steve DeBird. 23 from Paul McDonald. 13 from Joe Thiesman, 14 from Warren Moon. 19 from Lynn Dickey. 15 from Gary Danielson. 14 from Ron Jaworski. 18 from John Elway. 19 from Richard Todd. I mean, you, right? Joe Montana had 10. And Tony Eason only had eight, but Tony Eason only started 13 games that year.
4: Mm-hmm. He
1: only had two guys with 10 or less interceptions. Now, if you throw like 10 plus interceptions, you had a bad year in the NFL. because it was such more of a vertical passing game then than, mm-hmm. it, than it is now you know and and it's just a di- i mean I, you remember elway would take like 7 and 9 step drops from 100%. Oh. he's still on crossing routes from like 15 yards behind dude the line some the of those scrimmage.
2: some of those guys looked like they were javelin throwers man like they <laughs> yes. made a runway and then just stepped into it like <laughs> yeah.
1: what the heck All it was right. wild it was wild but i don't know how we got into talking about that but yeah um, <laughs> notre dame quarterback production has certainly been a problem yeah so absolutely agree with that david hess with a super chat, thank you, David. I expect the Irish O line to impose its will in two hundred yard two hundred yard rushers. Irish will big against the suspect SC defense. Onward, Notre Dame. I hope so. I Hope Absolutely. you're right. I do want to see them. I'm, I'm totally fine with two hundred yard rushers as long as they also throw for like two fifty in the game. I, yeah. you know, I'd like to see that as well. I like should to have an opportunity them. to run the football against that defense. So yeah, let's do it. Man. Little quick uh, team note that just got released: Isaiah Foskey and Michael Mayer were both named consensus All Americans. I want to. Say once again, it is a joke that Michael Mayer was not a unanimous All-American. The fact that uh, one of those services ranked, had Brock Bowers ahead of him is uh, Football Writers Association of America, which figures uh, had uh, Brock Bowers uh, first team. But yeah, still great honor for both of them. Consensus Absolutely. All-American is a tremendous honor. Una- unanimous All-Americans are, are rare, right? Um, Notre Dame has had a couple recently I think Quentin Nelson I believe was a unanimous all-American
2: he better have been. I think
1: Jalen Smith then. was um but yeah I mean it's, it's Jeremiah Wusikor maybe I uh I think he was let me let me look this up but I think mm-hmm. he was yeah but I just want to look this up for sure because I, I don't want to definitely say for sure mm-hmm. uh here's great there's an article from loose emoji I miss mm-hmm. him so much but yes uh, he said, uh, "Wusu Koromoa was That's Julian true. Love was. That's here's true. the other guys from that list: uh, Bob Crable, George Connor, Bill Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh no, they didn't actually. Uh, Bob Crable was not. Uh, here's here's who it was. Okay, here's the was someone. No name. Okay, it's Johnny Jack, and Ralph Guglielmi Me from I." Sorry, I butchered that, I'm sure. Uh, Quarterback, running backs, Emil Sitko and Nick Eddy. Receivers, Golden Tate, Tim Brown, and Rocket Ismail. Nice. Tight end, Leon Hart, Ken McAfee. Offensive line, a little bigger list. Joe Kurth, Ed Boehner, Dick Arrington, John Scully, Quentin Nelson, and Aaron Taylor. Mm -hmm. Defensive line, Mike McCoy, Walt Potolsky, Greg Marks, Steve Niehaus, Ross Browner, Chris Zorich linebackers Jim Lynch, Bob Golick, Manti Teo, Michael Stonebreaker, and Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa. So Jalen Smith was not. That is nuts. Michael Floyd wasn't on that list either. No. That's pretty wild. No. I don't think anyone had Michael Floyd as a first-team All-American. When really? He came out. I don't believe so. Interesting. No. And Tyler Eifert wasn't on there either, which is also absurd. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah just silly but that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, wait, wait, so and you're, then, you're telling me you're telling me
2: that uh so Michael Mayer's a consensus all American but he doesn't win the John Mackey award pretty much. That's good. Yeah,
4: that's good. That's good. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then defensive backs Todd Light, Shane Walton, uh, Frank Caridio and John Latner. So Julian Love was not. And I remember that. Julian Love was a second teamer. So, um So yeah, Julian Love was uh Not on the coach's first team. Michael Mm. Mayer was also not on the coach's first team, which is whatever. So, yeah, so congratulations to those guys. Absolutely. Charlie Weiss's last belt loop. Coach, keep your head up. It always is, buddy, and it's because of people like you. I'm serious, right? The real ones know what's really going down, and you didn't just put nonsense up for the heck of it. You got your followers. You're growing big time. Thanks for the year so far. I appreciate that, Charlie. I do i do and i know that's not your real name i know your real name i appreciate <laughs> it just sign up for the shamrock club by the way oh i don't know his um, real name oh man. yeah yeah i'll tell you afterwards a uh, good dude though real good dude it'll and, always be uh, charlie weiss's last belt yes exactly if i ever met him like hey charlie weiss's last belt you know my dude my name is um no 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 it's not no it's not uh, C- c-w-l-b-l uh, yeah, is yeah is. his name c-dub uh but i appreciate that i appreciate that and 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 i think look Honestly, guys, I got a buddy of mine. He's like, I'm going. I'm declaring World War Three on. So I'm like, dude, don't don't sweat it, man. Like, those those people aren't on the site. If they're not on the site already, and they know who I am, then I mean, it's not going to change anything. But it's all good. Don't let your blood pressure get up. But 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 it's because I've had so much. So many people have reached out to me with stuff like this, Ryan. Mm-hmm. That I, I appreciate it very much. And then he also had a another super chat here, and it was Brian and Ryan. How does Notre Dame truly get over the over the bump? I understand developing an execution, but at some point we have to get some five stars. This is how now Keon, Dante, possibly Peyton, C. Downs, and Pemba were interested as well. I don't think Notre Dame has to get five stars recruiting. Notre Dame has to get five-star talents. Identified
4: now, kids. is
1: yep. the odds greater with kids that have obvious talent? Sure. No one admits that. The stats are what they are. I would just remind people that some we just went to unanimous All-Americans in Notre Dame. The most recent unanimous All-American was a three-star recruit, Jeremiah Wusukoromo, mm-hmm. right? Now, those guys are hard to find, but that's what you have to do. And, and you know, like they flipped Will Fuller from Penn State. Nobody was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they flipped Will Fuller from Penn State. But he turned out to be a heck of a player. Yep. So, yeah, it'd be great to get the Manti Teos. Manti was a phenomenal player. Five-star yeah. top 10 national player. If you can get that guy, great. Go for that guy. But just to understand, you can't put all your eggs in that basket right now. But also, go for the Jeremiah Wusakora Moes,
4: mm-hmm.
1: right? The Jade Nawsburys, who maybe don't have that elite five-star talent, but I think has that kind of upside. I mean, that's why we do the grade that we do, current and upside, right? Like Jeremiah Love, he may not be a five-star now, but if that kid can put it all together... You know he may end up being a five star in college, yeah. and that's the key, right? I mean, like Braylon James. Braylon James is not a five star kid right now because he's yeah. kind of raw. He's got a lot, to, but if if all if it all kind of goes together for him, he could be a star. He could be
2: absolutely. Well, how about how about how about the defensive ends too, Brian? Like, I mean, Bubakar Traore and Armel Mookam. If they tap into their potential, like how good could that right. duo be? Like, right yeah. now the
1: danger is yeah. there's some lower. Sure. Floor with that. Joe Walt's okay. another one, right? Mm-hmm. Joe Walt is a legitimate five-star college football player already as a as a sophomore. No doubt. Now, I gave him a very high upside grade coming out, Ryan, right? but not that high. I gave him a four and a half star upside grade. But mm-hmm. that's why you do it because he was not that guy in high school. But you can yeah. see the potential there. He's right. been even better than I thought. He's been a five-star. And so that's the thing, Charlie. You are right. Notre Dame is not going to take a bunch of Julian, you know, like trying to think, like, you've got your Jeremiah Wusukor Moas, right? Give me a team of those guys and Julian Loves and, and Will Fullers, and I'm going to win a lot of games. But you can't take a bunch of – I'm trying to think of just a really good, steady, solid player that you love to have. Like, you, you can't have a team full of Jalen Elliott's and win championships. Right. The Jalen Elliott's have to be complemented by the Julian Loves and the, and the, the Jerry Tilleries who played like a five-star that year and the Julian Wars who played phenomenal that year. You have to have those guys, right? Like, you're, you give me 11 Chris Browns on offense, and I'm going to be a good football team, but I'm not winning a championship. Chris Brown's a good, solid, complimentary football player, but I need my Will Fuller on the other side. I need my CJ Procise at running back, and I need three, five stars on my offensive line, right? Like, you need to get those guys. Ronnie Stanley, Mike McGlinchey, not top 100 recruits. Yeah. You know say what Poskey. I mean? Right. Not a top yeah. 200 recruit. No, Michael Mayer was a five-star. Great. Sure. He was. Uh, but not all those guys are, you know? And and that's the thing that you have to look at. I mean, what was what was Dalton Kincaid coming out of, out of college, right? I mean, we he, had that guy he was, that was kind
2: of – He was a zero-star recruit right. that went to San Diego, which, right. by the way, San Diego's in the Pioneer League in the FCS, which means he was a
1: non-scholarship right.
2: player at San Diego.
1: right. So Jamar Chase, I believe, was a five-star recruit. He was at the very least highly, highly regarded. I'm looking up his ranking right now, Ryan. He mm-hmm. was, uh, let's see here, the number 52 overall player in the country. 24-7 sports had him as a five-star, number 19 in the country. His grade got ranked because ESPN had him at number. Here's the absurdity of, y'all. ESPN had Jamar Chase as the number 42 wide receiver in the country in, 2000 and, in, in 2018, okay? But – Justin Jefferson was every bit as good of a player as Jamar Chase. Maybe Chase slightly. They were stars. He mm-hmm. was in the 2000s coming out of high school. Wilds, wilds. Right. You've got to be good at finding those players and developing those players. That's why Notre. This is why people want to know why I get so hard on Notre Dame when they don't have good position coaches. This is why. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a guy that's a great recruiter and a great evaluator of a talent and a great coach. You're not going to reach your potential because you can't just go out talent Bama and Georgia and Ohio State. You've got to out coach them, out develop them, out scheme them, and all that, and then you can win those games. You know who's mastered that the last two years? Michigan. Mm -hmm. How many five star recruits are great? Are five star players from Michigan right now? Not a lot. No, not a lot. They lost their five stars off last year's team. Blake Corum wasn't that guy, right? I mean, Blake Corum was the only guy in the in the country this year, Ryan, that I think had a case to be in the conversation for best back in the country. And the reason Bijan won it in the end, in my opinion, is because Blake got hurt. Blake was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, but he was Mm -hmm. not in the top 100 by anybody. Yeah, Now, rivals had him just outside of 105, but he didn't play like a top 105 to 230 player like he was ranked. He played like a top 30 player this year. So, Charlie, you are correct. They need to get some five-stars. They do. My thing has always just been – but stop assuming that the only five stars are high school five stars, and that's that's my thing. And so I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna pull something up, Ryan, because I, I do wanna I do wanna kind of make this point and just kind of hammer it home. Well, you got a five star out of the uh,
2: transfer portal in Joe Burrow too, that uh, helped him out pretty well too, right? So, correct. You know, who did Who wasn't ranked as a there. five
1: star, exactly. and no one thought it was a five when they got him in the portal?
2: Exactly.
1: Right. You know, but you look at Isaiah Foskey coming out of high school, and two four seven sports had him as the number thirteen edge player. In his, no, I'm sorry, the number thirteen weak side defensive end in his class.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, you look at some of the guys ahead of him, and you're like, look at some of the guys that were ranked in the top two fifty that year. It's like, man, that you had you thought that guy was better than Isaiah Foskey, really? Okay, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. You know, I'm not sure I buy that one, but that's that's the nature of it. I mean, that's, that's kind of how it works. You know what I mean? Like, I'm actually going to pull up. The number one player in the country that year was a defensive end named Antonio Alfano. You ever heard of him? I do. Right? I have because right? he was a New Jersey guy. And yeah. you don't hear about him for good reasons, right? <laughs> um, some other weak side defensive ends that year. Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith's been a pretty darn good football player. He's the number four player in the country that year. Yep. He hasn't been better than Isaiah Foskey as a college no. football player. Kayvon Thibodeau was pretty good when healthy. Right, but he wasn't healthy a ton. Isaiah Foskey had a lot more production than he had. Right, let's look at some of these other guys that were were weak side defensive ends coming out of that class. You know, I, like again, Nolan Smith, number four playing the country. Would you trade him for Isaiah Fosky? I wouldn't. No. Chris no. Bogle, number forty nine playing the country. Weak side. I don't even know where he is anymore. Right, he was at Florida at one yeah. point. Yeah, but... Adisa Isaac at Penn State, number oh, sixty six playing the country. Solid player. Yeah. Right, good solid player. Yep. Um, uh, the 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 Latu kid from uh, Washington, didn't he did he transfer? He's didn't he's he? at UCLA now. He had yeah, a nice year this year. Yeah. yeah, but better than Isaiah Foskey? No. I don't no. think so. No. Right? Um Kevin Harris, who never even picked a school that year. I don't year. Even know who that is. DeMonte Russell, never I don't know if don't, he picked a school don't know who, who that he that is. signed with. Uh King Witkuta from Alabama. You ever you ever you ever heard of him? I think he transferred out right. as well. Steven Heron went to Stanford. He was ranked higher than Isaiah Foskey. Would That's you trade better. him right now for Isaiah Foskey?
4: Absolutely right. not.
1: Jafari Harvey that went to Miami. He was ranked ahead That's of right. Isaiah Foskey. Uh, Derek Hall went to Auburn. He's a good player. Yeah. Better than Isaiah Foskey? I think so. Nah.
4: Nah. Roman
1: Harrison from Tennessee. I right,
4: know, And goodness. then you
1: get down here, all the way down here, to the number 203 player in the country, Isaiah Foskey. You know, so my whole point is you can't win with a bunch of good, solid players. Yeah. Got to have some stars. Got to have stars. I'm just going to reiterate that not all stars are Keon Keeley, where it was obvious coming out of high school that he's going to be a star. Yeah. And I think Keon, if Keon keeps his head on straight, he will be, I, I love that kid. I think he's a phenomenal talent. Mm-hmm. Caleb Downs, same way. Yes. Peyton Bowen could be that guy. If he keeps his head on straight at Notre Dame or somewhere else, right? I, He's a great player. Mm-hmm. But there's been other safeties that have turned into great players that weren't that guy coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. But you got to find them, and they're harder to – it's easy to look at Peyton Bone and be like, yo, that's a dude. yeah, right. It's easy to look at Keanu and be like, yo, that's a dude. It's harder to look at a Bubacar trailer and be like, that's going to be a dude. You're taking a gamble there. You're taking a mm-hmm. risk. And that's what the great teams do. I mean, Georgia's got some five-star recruits on their team. Some of them play like five-stars. Keely Ringo plays like a five-star. I don't think Nolan Smith plays like a five star. It's good, mm-hmm. right? What was Stetson Bennett's ranking coming out of high school when he graduated in two thousand and three? What the shade, man! That's so <laughs> <tough>. <laughs> so I, I'm joking. But like, I you know, know what was Lad McConkey's ranking coming out of high school? I don't I have right? no idea. Brock no idea. Bowers is ranked pretty high. Sure. The point is, they have dudes that are very important to their championship team. Some were ranked really high, and some weren't. Right, and, and and that's that's kind of my point. Yep. You know, like who's the dude for them this year on defense, Ryan? It's Jalen Carter, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen is a great player, number fourteen player that's in the it. country. Yep. Who was the kid that was considered their best defensive lineman last year? Right, the guy that won the top fifteen, the guy that everybody obsessed Gomez. over. What was for he ranked goodness. coming to high school? Number four hundred and fourteen. Number four hundred and fourteen yeah. player in the country. Yeah. Right. So you know that that's kind of the point is. Eventual guys that eventually become great players come out of all shapes and sizes, yep. right? And that's the key. Notre Dame is – we're not going to lie to you all and say, hey, look, man, look, Notre Dame is going to be just fine. Give me a bunch of grinders, and they're going to win championships. No. The 1988 team had stars. Yeah, they had their Frank Stams and the West Pritchett, who were just good football players, great veterans, leaders. But they also had some – you know, the Mark Greens, right? They had – You know, you could go down the list of guys, Stance Magalas, guys like that, but they had some dudes. They had Rocket, they had Ricky Waters, they had Todd Light, they had Chris Zorich, Andy Heck, I think, was a first round draft pick, right? As an offensive lineman who was a blocking tight end for Notre Dame until his last year. Like George Williams, when his head was on straight, was a dude. Michael Stonebreaker was a dude in college. Pat Terrell was a dude in college, right? Now, not all of them were highly ranked players, some of them were, though. Right. So you need your Frank Stams and your Wes Pritchett's and your Stance Magalas, but you also need your Todd Lights, Rocket Ismails, and Ricky Waters and Chris Zorch's as well. No doubt. And Tony how did I leave off Tony Rice?
2: <laughs> right.
1: Who's a dude in college? You know. You know, to me, that's that's the thing, is you've got to you've gotta have those guys, right? You, Notre Dame's not winning championships with a bunch of grinders. You yeah. know, they're just they're just not. I agree. Wicked Bronco Productions. Do we know what time Freeman is meeting with Bowen? Also, is there any reason their name has been so hush-hush about their transfer targets, unlike most teams? Well, number one, um, I don't know what time last until we got to the beginning of the show was that tonight. he would be meeting tonight. I don't know what time that's going to be. So we shall see. Uh, I think a big reason they want to keep him hush-hush is because, number one, it's like, I think Archer made a point during the show, Ryan. Mm-hmm. There's a reason teams are coming after Notre Dame and Ohio State's recruits and not trying oh, to outbid yeah. Bama's and Georgia's. That's why? Really I don't have to outbid Notre Dame. I don't have to outbid Ohio State. Not the way that I have to with Georgia and Alabama. I'm not outbid in Alabama. I'm not outbid in Oklahoma. I'm a, I, I can outbid Notre Dame because they're not bidding anything. Exactly. And that's why schools are coming after their kids. Well, the transfer portal similar. As soon as people find out that Notre Dame's in on a kid, what are other schools that may want that kid do? Outbid them. Because yeah. some teams would think, "Hey, man, like we're going to sneak this kid because nobody else is really going after this kid." Mm-hmm. So then the kid says, "Well, what are you going to offer me?" oh you know, I'll offer you, f- you know, thirty thousand, fifty thousand dollars. All right, cool, whatever. And then all of a sudden he just signs with Notre Dame, right. right? Who they didn't even know was a player, maybe for this kid. I think there's some of the, that gamesmanship. The other part of it too is, uh, if they listed every kid they've talked to, then all of a sudden they're spending all this time. Like I'll put it like this. There's a small handful of quarterbacks that Notre Dame likes, like that we really want. They've talked to a lot more than that small handful. So if all these kids here, well, you're talking to like all these quarterbacks, like you must not really like me. How does that help Notre Dame at all? If we report right. that. Yeah. If if we report that Notre Dame's talking to a receiver, right? And we know that the talks are very rudimentary, like initial, hey, just trying to gauge your interest level. We're not even sure if we're taking a receiver then what does that say to Braylon James and Jaden Greathouse and Deion Colsey and Tobias Merriweather and those guys? Kind of, oh, man, no Dame's looking to replace you. Well, not really. They're looking for depth. They're, hey, are you interested in coming and doing this, this, and this? And then it doesn't pan out that way, and then all of a sudden it looks like it what what it wasn't, right? right. When well, then also if a kid picks another school, it'll look, well, you got beat by that kid. Well, not really. We like the kid. We talked to him, but we never actually offered him a scholarship. But it looks like mm-hmm. he got beat. There's just a lot of reasons why – you don't need to get that stuff out there, right? Just let it let it play out, and then when when you know f- work behind the scenes, and then get that kid's name on the dotted line. That's what you need to do, because it's a really quick, intense process. And if you have to spend all your time dealing with the blowback of you talk to this many receivers or defensive linemen, or you know, like you talk to this corner, no, like that's other thing too. Is there's stuff getting out there that's not even true? I think most of the stuff we've seen about guys are looking at here either a they offered, but didn't really offer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys, you guys lost a Kansas state for Keegan Johnson. No, they were never really pursuing key. I mean, like it was never really a thing, you know? Um, that's why Ryan, I mean, I, I have no problem with it. Right. No. Like, I mean, I'd love to put that stuff out there cause that's constant clickbait crap and we can make money off of it, but <laughs> it's not good for Notre Dame
2: for that stuff. Yeah. to Get out there. I mean, I, I mean, Brian, like you even think about Caleb Smith announcing that he's that he's visiting this weekend. Right. The Virginia Tech transfer wide receiver. I'm sure Notre Dame's probably like, hey take that down don't let people yeah. know about that <laughs> you know? like seriously no. Man, no. I mean cuz
1: that's why it's like okay well now teams that are desperate for receivers are going to start saying well we need a receiver so let's offer that kid a million dollars exactly
2: so, somebody somebody said it on the board or on Twitter the same thing you just said and i just want to reiterate it cuz i was just like that's so true like i i thought about it but i hadn't really thought about it like it, it it seems like everybody's going after Notre Dame commits right like you talk about Dylan Edwards and the Peyton Bowen stuff and all that type of stuff right well, that's smart move on the other team's part, right? And and it makes sense. Like Notre Dame is one of those teams where you know they're not offering that upfront money, so why wouldn't you try to poach a couple of their guys? I, I, it makes sense. It does. It's a sad truth, but it is a truth, right? Like that is a situation now. I mean, because one thing, Brian, a lot of these colleges that I've seen, right, they. It, we call the NFL copycat league. I feel like recruiting is a copycat league a lot too. I mean, you remember when Brandon Hillman first got offered a scholarship by someone, and then all of a sudden it just rolled yeah, in, snowball. rolled in, yeah. rolled in, rolled in. Like, yeah, no one was talking about that kid before that happened, and then all of a sudden he's a hot commodity for everyone because he's
1: he was just under the radar for whatever reason, right? So, yep, absolutely. Next question. If you're uh Milton fan, I love this. I'm gonna tell Vince this one. I'd pay two million in NIL to Vince for Caveman Voice. Yeah, you I'll tell you what, Milton fan, once that check clears my account, I'll give Vince half. Well, let me rephrase that. I'll give the government half and then I'll give Vince half of what's left over. I'll give Vince 75% of what's left over, and he'll do the caveman thing before every show. So yes, so once for that the two million dollars, his life, mm-hmm. yep, yep, every show. So yeah. Uh, get you my account information and or, or get my address. You can send me that $2 million check, and then we'll get that sucker. Well, yeah. Matter of fact, we'll run a promo. We'll record yeah. Vince doing it and play it at the end of every show. That'd be great. So, there we you should go. do that regardless.
2: <laughs> no, man, no, do, 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 not, do not send that over to Super Chat, though. Brian wants a check please, for that Please. <laughs> I don't want to
1: Google to take half and then the government take the other half. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Do not Super Chat that guy. <laughs> Irish blooded. What's the shamrock club? So signing up for a membership, you can sign annual or monthly. And those are those fees. But we also created uh, what's called the Irish breakdown booster club because people had asked, I want to support you beyond that. And I've had people say, well, I, I think your membership costs should cost more. So, okay. Well, you have the option to pay more, right? Like, cause not everybody can afford, like if I've had one of the things that people said and I, and I appreciate that the sentiment behind it was part of the reason you have people on your board that, you know, more people on your board that may take our stuff is because it's cheap. You should raise your prices. And I was like, I appreciate the sentiment and that would probably work, but I don't want to punish the 99% of our people on our board that aren't doing anything wrong because a couple people are jackholes, right? right. And I don't want to make our site a f- less affordable for people who are doing it the right way and are respecting what we do. You know, that's just, I just don't want to do that. I'll just, we have to live with certain things until I can legally start handling some of those kind of things, right? But if you're someone who can afford to pay more and think that the site is worth more, then we created a booster club that allowed people to do that. So the Shamrock Club is the is the first level. It's $100. Uh, the Blue Club is $150 and the Gold Club is $200. And then we're also working on uh, we'll have in the New Year's just sort of a thing where if people want to donate money, they can just, you know, donate money, which we appreciate, obviously. So that's what that is. And it's a it's a thank you type of thing. It doesn't come with necessarily extra special benefits other than a extra special thank you for me. Uh, but it's just a way that people can support what we're doing at Irish Breakdown. So that's what the Shamrock Club is. Ant VR says, what do you guys think about the concept of paying players to play for your college football team? I've been wrestling with this question. Not sure where I stand. So rank, we kind of talked about this beginning and and, and yeah. this is a question that was asked before the show started. Mm-hmm. So I think in some ways that, that we, we answered it, but I, I would say. I am actually okay with college football players being paid by the NCAA and by their schools if it's a situation where that was just a here's the flat rate. You take whatever the revenue is and let's say you're gonna you're gonna split up, let's just say it's thirty million dollars, just for argument's sake. I'm just throwing out a random number. I don't know if that's how much it'll be you're gonna take 30 million Mm dollars and it goes simply to if you're on scholarship at a college football program, division one college football program, we're gonna take and it's got to come from something that that like, here's the problem. You get into some Title IX stuff and you have to – but let's right. say you're finding a way where you're able to take that money and pay – or let's say they break off of the college and they become just a, you know, sports league or whatever that are tied into colleges that way and somehow they can work around Title IX or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're going to take that $30 million and you're going to split it between every scholarship football player at whatever level. Okay. Say, so, okay, we're going to give this amount to – uh, the 65 Power 5 schools plus Notre Dame. And we're going to give this amount spread out to the other conferences, which maybe isn't as much. And those conferences are going to get X amount of dollars. And these kids, so as long as you are on scholarship and in good academic standing, meaning you're eligible to play, and and those type of things, then that's what you get. And it, if you're a quarterback, you don't get more. If you're a lineman, you don't get less. If you're a kicker, mm-hmm. if you're on scholarship, this is what you get. And I would do so. I would be okay with something like that. Okay. Where it's just it's sort of like a rev share with the kids who are part of the production. Because here's what a lot of these players don't understand. If every division one player this offseason said, I'm not playing next year unless I get my money, every FCS player and division two player would transfer to those schools. And oh, yeah. guess what? Fans are still gonna freaking watch the games because it's not about you, it's about the golden helmet, it's mm-hmm. about the the scarlet and gray, it's about the winged helmet, it's about You know, fight on. It's about boomer sooner. It's about that because they're gonna still be Notre Dame fans when you leave. Mm -hmm. They're gonna still be fans of whatever when you leave. Right. And so there's gonna be plenty of kids that are gonna say, I'll take that deal because I'm on I'm paying my own way to a division three school. I'm paying, Mm -hmm. I get a half scholarship at this division one double A school, right? Sign me up. Yeah, use me. Right, because I get a free education Notre Dame, and I get a flat rate of whatever amount of you know what I mean. Like, there are kids that would be willing to do that, for sure. And guess what? Fans are still going to watch, hundred percent, because it's not about you. And that's what I don't think a lot of these kids understand, in my opinion. Right? NFL's different, Mm -hmm. right? We've seen that when there's been the the lockouts, Mm -hmm. but like that was kind of different because you you knew that this was kind of kind of happening, right? So that, that's my thing is it's different in college football. So I don't want to get into the system where a player's negotiating with the NCA or his team that, mm-hmm. well, I'm the starting quarterback, so I want this, which then Over leads money. to holdouts,
4: right. which that,
1: you know, all this other nonsense, right? And if you're going to sign a contract you're getting paid to play, guess what? In the NFL, if you don't do your job, you get fired. If you're – well, coaches leave. Yeah, because and, and also here's the other thing. Cool. Let's 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 make you guys like coaches. You can leave whenever you want. But you know what else we can do? If you're not if, if I gave you two million dollars as a true freshman and you suck, sorry, buddy. We're uh you're cut and you're not getting that, and we're not paying you the rest of your bonus. Right? Because you're not an employee, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of benefits that come from not being an employee that you lose that I don't think a lot of these kids understand. A lot of these people that support that don't understand. Because here's the thing: thing. Yeah. Where's that money go? You, you're not – that $30 man is all of a sudden just going to the players if you're negotiating it, right? Because mm-hmm. now all the agents get their bigger agents, cut. Yes. All the the union lawyers get their extra cut. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, man, I thought this was going to be a lot more money. Like, what happened? And then we're just to start of talking about
2: signing bonuses. We're going start of talking right. about, you know, the – escalators in contracts, the, you know, the, the backlog of money in contracts, the per year average per, per contract. And yeah. And that is, uh, that's something that I'm not looking forward to Brian, because right. then I will, my, my job is going to morph into, Oh, wow, well, uh, you know, this, this recruit got this contract and this is how it's broken down per year. And this is the escalators he has. And this is the roster bonus. This is the signing bonus. And then we get into some really gray areas moving forward right. to say the least. Right. You imagine all the lawsuits too. Like, oh no, I was, I was, I was promised this amount of money, right. and you didn't give me enough money. And right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not. It's not, it's not. All right. Next question. But mm-hmm. I think that's a very fair question. Right? It is like that's, that's what I right. I so that I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because I don't consider that pay for play. I consider that 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 is reward for being a part of a mm-hmm. very giant money making machine. Right, cuz
2: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because every a kid's of, getting
1: yeah. every kid's getting a cut of that. I'm okay yeah. with that. It's like right? a cog in the machine type right. of thing. Yeah. A, a very important cog, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying players don't matter. I'm saying they don't matter as much as they think that they do. percent Is my point. Yep. Yeah. Because like Isaiah Foskey is going in the NFL. Is Notre mm-hmm. Dame fans going to stop rooting for Notre Dame next year because they don't have Isaiah Foskey? No, they're going to keep rooting for whoever the next kid is that's going to step in a defensive end. And that doesn't mean they didn't love and as- appreciate and respect Isaiah Foskey. Most did. I did. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I-, I love what that kid did. I-, I I have such great respect for what he and Michael Mayer brought to Notre Dame and, and-, and left for Notre Dame. Yep. But Michael Mayer has gone. Best tight end Notre Dame might have ever had. Fans are going to still watch. They're going to cheer for the next tight end that puts on the gold helmet because it's about the gold helmet. And yep. kids used to understand that a lot more than they do now. And I, I think a lot of that's, you know, what our society has become. It's like, it's just well, you know, you don't know what it's like to walk away from $2 million. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Right? It's not easy. And I'm a grown man, and it wasn't easy. But sometimes you say, but it, it's not what's best for me long term. Ryan, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. It's not what's best for me and my company long term. I'm willing to bet on myself to do that. And I just wish we weren't in a society that just made it seem like, well, as long as you get that, that as long as you get that bag, it's all good. No, it's not. It's not all good. Because that bag's gonna, be, first of all, half that bag's gonna be gone like that. It's called taxes. Right. <laughs> the second part of it is. What, what fear are you giving your handlers? What fear are you giving your lawyers? All of a sudden, how much of that are you giving to your parents? How much are you giving that to your, whoever, how much are you giving that to whoever? All of a sudden that $2 million doesn't last very long. And you're at a school that's not giving you the kind of education. That's going to be generation. That's going to define you, your family generationally. You're not being developed to become the football player that you're capable of being. And all of a sudden you were a potential first round pick. That's going in round five and you got Mm -hmm. nothing left of that $2 million. This is hypothetically kind of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't meant to be a shot at Peyton Bowen at all. Uh, it's just in general. It's now all of a sudden that that, that $2 million, that $3 million, that $4 million, $8 million from Nico, right? The thing that I liked about Nico is, yeah, he took money, but he took money from a school that fits what he can be as a football player. That's Absolutely. smart, yep. right? People say, well, Keon Keely took money. Okay, let's say he did. But he's going to a football pro, a football school, or you know that that has a history of producing high NFL draft picks at his position. And Keon right? was that's a always smarter honest, decision, man. And he was right. always honest about always it. always honest. Yeah. And yeah. when things started to go, he started to have change of heart. Immediately told Notre Dame what was going on. Immediately. Yeah. And so, I, I. But he he didn't just. Take the biggest, I guarantee you, if Alabama offered him money, let's just say hypothetically they did, I promise you, it was not the biggest offer he got. I guarantee you that too, yeah, yeah. But he, his thing was, he, Keon, I may not agree with his ultimate decision, but Keon looked at this as like, my biggest value is as a football player. Mm-hmm. What place can I go to that has a more proven track record of taking people like me and turning them into high draft picks? If you're looking at it that way, it's hard to argue against the decision he made. Sure. He made a smart decision, even though it's not one I necessarily agreed with. But what I agree with doesn't matter. I mean, my dad didn't agree with every decision I ever made. Still supported me. Sure. You know, and that's how I feel about Keon. I think he did it the right way. He was honest. He was upfront. And he made a decision that went beyond what, I mean, was, do I think that there was an NIL influence in this? Yes, I do. Do I think that was the only thing that, or even the number one thing that factored into Keon's decision? No, I don't. I don't. I think Keon was thinking more long term, football wise. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm okay with that. If that's what's important to him, bro, be honest with Notre Dame about it and go do you. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. Yep. So that's why you'll see me rooting for Keon. That's why Ryan congratulated Keon when, you know, publicly when he made his decision for BAM. It hurt, hurt my heart, sure. you know, because I still want to see him in Notre Dame. But I'm pulling for that kid. He's a good kid, man. It's yeah, good kid. Yep. But he was straight up about it. Yep. And as soon as he started having those feelings, he let Notre know about it. Mm-hmm.
2: How can and I you? Argue don't, that? And, and you don't have to agree with someone all the time to respect them and and wish them the best, right? Like you don't have yeah. to. So
4: yeah.
1: Yep. All right. Next one. Irish blooded doing the NIL and the transfer portal so close to one another and not creating good black and white rules for both is killing the sport. That's what makes me think it was done on purpose.
2: That it's so intertwined now. And I
1: everything. think the fact that they made both of those decisions almost back to back of each other, I think is what yeah. makes me believe that they did this on purpose. That they did this to say, okay, fine, you want it, you got it. Right? Hey, coaches, you want this, you got it. You know, hey players, you want this, you got it. Have fun. Wild West. We're not gonna do anything about it. Don't come crying to us when you, you know, you're losing this player, that player, when when this when you're losing starters to the portal, don't don't come crying to us. Right. You wanted it. You wanted NIL. You wanted this. Now you want us to go regulate it. You know, now they should be doing that. I'm not saying they're right in not regulating it, but this is what makes me think, Ryan, that they're doing this to destroy the system and show the flaws. Then they can come in as the saviors mm-hmm. of the world, of the college football world.
2: You, you think they have it's a better good. system that they're ready to put in place just at the right moment? Like, oh, we, right. we have the solution. Here we, we are. Just
1: randomly came up with this solution, <laughs> you know. And, hey, we, haven't, uh,
2: we haven't we haven't even thought about this. This is just something right. that we you know we just talked about this morning. Here we go. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: All right. Next one from Dan V. Who do you think will be a surprise performer in the bowl game? Follow up. Who do you hope takes a big step forward with their performance in the bowl game? Outside of I think you meant quarterback is mm-hmm. what I think you meant. So Ryan, first part of the question. Yeah. Who do you believe will be the surprise? We talked a little bit about breakout yesterday. Who do you think will be the surprise performer? And that can and I'll let you kind of have whatever freedom you want to take from that question, Ryan, as far as what that means for surprise. Holden Stace was my guy yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with this
2: one. I don't okay. know why. There's just, I mean, well, partly why is because Michael Mayer's not playing in the game. So there's going to be opportunities at tight ends. You're going to see Mitchell Evans. I'm sure you're going to see Mitchell uh, sorry, Holden Stace as well. I think Holden Stace just has a little bit more of an upside as a pass catcher. So right now than Mitchell Evans so I think that he only has one reception on the season so we're talking about an ultimate wild card here but I have a feeling that Holden's going to have a couple catches maybe a big gain out of those catches and I think that he's going to be a player that's going to surprise the folks in the passing game just in the game in general so give me Holden Stace man I don't know what it is but I feel like he's going to have a game
1: I like that one. how about defense Ryan is there anybody defense, that, I mean surprise I
2: Surprise! I said, like, I said I said Joshua Burnham, right? And uh, but I'll say this: I, I think I'm going to go a different way here because I I want to see Joshua Burnham. I'll be very interested to see how many reps he gets, what he per, what he does. I'm going to call this the Riley Mills breakout game, Brian. Okay. You see Riley Mills be pretty solid to good throughout most of the season. Like he you know, hasn't played bad football; it just hasn't been consistent as far as the. Disruption that he's created. I'm gonna say this is a game where you're like, okay, Riley, now going into 2023, no, you know, no Isaiah Fosky to be the guy. Does he take that step? I'm gonna say that this is one of the best games that Riley Mills has all year. Good
1: one. My surprise on defense is Jade Mickey. I think well, Jade no. Mickey's gonna have a really big game. You kind of talked talking about it earlier in the game, right? I was asking something different, but you were you thought I was going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I I'm going Jay, I think he's just going to have a really big game. I do. I, I think I think a little bit of humility is a good thing for football players. And I don't even call it humility like he needed to be humbled. I just mean like you no know, failure for players is if, if you've got the right mindset, failure can be the best thing that ever happen to you. Right. And, and I think that, that that's a good, I mean, you can go back to a lot of guys and failure could be something as simple. Like I didn't, I got, I was sitting on the bench as a freshman. I didn't get any playing time. Okay. We right. failed to, to show your, you know, whatever. And and that can be good for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. I think it's going to be true for Jade. Mickey is the, some of the struggles he had, he's going to be able to get in the film room. He's a worker. Everybody we've ever talked to about Jaden Mickey's. He's a worker yeah. and he's talented. So I, I think he, I, he's my, he's my sort of surprise player. He's going to be part of the rotation. I don't know if he's going to start or not outside. We'll see if they put Tariq outside. I would imagine they'll probably do more nickel with Tariq in the slot. I think we'll see some of Tariq outside as well. I think I think Jaden Mickey's my pick for surprise player on defense. I,
2: I hope so. I mean, that kid's had a lot of miscues, obviously, but the thing that you love about Jaden Mickey is he's very confident, right? So he's not going to back down. He's going to come in ready to play. So I hope that He's kind of become a little bit of a freshman whipping boy for some people already yeah. this year. So sure. I, I hope he has a big game then the year. My surprise players.
1: So oh, sorry. Sorry, but go ahead. I'm just
2: going to say I think people forget that he's only a freshman. So I yeah. just want to throw that
1: in. Yeah. Yep. My other one would be uh, on offense is going to be Mitchell Evans. I think Mitchell Evans is going gonna, is gonna to produce. I think he's going to have like five, six catches in this game. That's my prediction. Wow. Right. And it like it to... seems like two in his career right now. Two, two career catches. Five, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think we're going to see more 11 personnel, you know, some 21 personnel with him in the game, and they're not going to be paying attention to him because they're going to say, what, Ryan, what are they going to say in the game plan? A dude's got two career catches. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's worry about the 6'5 dude that's been balling the last couple of weeks, Deion Colsey. Let's worry about them running backs. Let's worry about Lorenzo Styles and these other cats, right? 87, 80, what is it, 88? Don't worry about that guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, and I think most of them will be in the first half. That's what I think, because then I think they're like, oh, shoot. And then they'll make adjustments, and then the second half, it's, you know, other guys playing well. So those are my two, my two it's, surprise players. Mitchell Evans on offense and Jaden Mickey on defense. Last we one. Both, we both had a tight end, and it was a different tight end. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, interesting. just kind of thinking about the personnel. uh Yeah. Who do you hope takes a big step forward with their performance in the bowl game outside of quarterback? I, mine would have been Jade Mickey,
2: which you mm-hmm. just mentioned, right? Like, I yep. hope, again, he's played a lot of football this year. It's been some ups and a lot of downs, if we're being honest, right? There's been a lot of inconsistencies, but he's a freshman corner who's learning. And he has Mm -hmm. a great competitive spirit. He's not going to back down. He's going to keep talking his talk, even when he's struggling. So I hope that he has a bounce back performance because it's been a tumultuous season for him. But I think that he has everything that you need in order to be successful. And I think that he's going to take these 15 practices and the film study that you alluded to seriously. And I think he's going to be ready to play. Yeah, I agree. For me on uh, – what about offense, Ryan? Offensively, maybe a little Lorenzo Styles. hopefully. Like I'm yeah. hoping, right? Because he, one thing that we haven't talked about as much with Lorenzo is Lorenzo had a really rough middle of the season, right? Like it was not great. But the last couple games, he's starting to look a little more confident. I hope he's getting out of his head, and hopefully these 15 practices kind of let him clear his head a little bit. And hopefully he ends the season with the best game of his of the season, I, I hope. Because – Man, I still really like the talent. It's just,
1: kid needs to get out of his own way right now. Mm-hmm. My guy that I hope takes a big step forward on offense. I, I think, I would say receivers one where I'm with you, Ryan, and I don't care who it is. I hope it's one of, or both of, Deion Colsey and Tobias Merriweather. I really want those big guys to step up, because I think that's where the direction this offense needs to head. But I think a guy that that I am really ultimately going to go with, if I have to pick one because you took receiver, so I'm just going to add on to your receiver take of you know make it one of the three, if not two of the three. Yeah, this is also kind of a bit of a prediction too. Mm-hmm. I just have a feeling that Blake Fisher is going to come out in this bowl game and go off. Think so? like it, it's not a jealousy thing. Let me make sure that people understand what I'm about to say. I don't think he looks at Joe Walton as jealous of Joe's success. He's probably ha- real happy for him. It's more of if if I know Blake like I think I do, he's going to look at that and say, that's my dude right there. I'm happy for him. But you know what? I should be doing that too. Sure. Right? And I'm not getting on the freshman All-American teams and all this kind of stuff. But I know I'm that guy. Let me go sure. out and show it. So he started playing a little better down the stretch of the season, right? A little bit more consistent down the stretch. I just have this feeling that, that Joe Walt's going to be Joe Walt, but Blake Fisher's going to go out and be like, hey, y'all, don't forget about me right cuz i'm the dude that won that left tackle job at first before i got hurt which allowed joe to step in i'm that dude too mm-hmm. um and i think we're going to i that's kind of my my hope because i i think you going to next year with those two dudes is like you y'all may have two first team all americans in offensive tackle next year like that's not out nice. of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. cuz most of the best tackles in the country this year ryan right, are gone right skoronsky has gone scrosky's gone right paris um, johnson yeah, Paris Johnson's he hasn't de- he has declared yet, but we think that he's going to yeah. go pro after the bowl game, right? Yeah. So there's that window, right? So Joe Walt's going to have the the not the hype because that makes it Joe Walt's going to have the name recognition. So if he plays well, he's, he'll still have he's, that.
2: He's going to be a first team preseason all that. right? And yeah, right,
1: exactly. And, and as long as he keeps playing like he's playing, it's just you know, and then out of nowhere comes this cat over number 54, and you're like, yo, this dude is a, a dude, you yeah. know, a flat out dude. So I could see that. That's my that's my 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 one on offense defense who do i hope takes a big step forward you already said it ryan it's riley mills Mm. i mean you right like they need him to become a we talked about early in the show who's going to be that dude that steps up and like takes over and riley mills needs to start turning his he can he's shown flashes of being a playmaker I'm. I'm, I don't want to see flat. You're a junior. I don't see flashes anymore. Really good talent, man, or really good talents. I mean, you've had NFL people reaching out to you. I don't think. I don't think. I understand why Notre Dame fans don't appreciate Riley's talent because he doesn't. It doesn't equal enough production. Sure. I want to see that change in the bowl game. So, who I hope takes a big step forward. I hope. It's Riley Mills, so I'm Blake Fisher on offense. Riley Mills on defense because you already said receiver, and then I added a couple receivers to your potential. You, you just team. you just took the all all off the bus team, right? Yes. You want Riley Mills yeah. and Blake Fisher to walk off. But, I mean, but, but, but hey, but look, look, I mean, look if 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 I'm coming into a if I'm coming into a team this year, right? Yeah. If I'm getting off the bus, there's five dudes that are guaranteed to get off the bus in some order, and I'm probably going shortest to short, tallest to shortest. Mm-hmm. Joe Walt's getting off the bus first because mm-hmm. he is a mountain, yes, right? He is. Then Blake's coming behind him. <laughs> then Foskey's coming behind him. Yeah, Riley Mills is coming behind him, and <laughs> the last dude off the bus with that swagger is Isaiah Foskey. Those are the five dudes that are getting off you the bus said, first.
2: You said Foskey twice.
1: Uh, no, I said uh, I said uh, Alt Alt Fisher Fisher Mayor. Oh Mayor. Oh, okay. okay, I might, Okay, so so uh, I'm so, okay. So Fisher mm-hmm. uh, Foskey. May- Mills and Mayor, those are my Mayer, five. Yeah. got it. Yeah, got it.
2: well, you're not gonna five. get I'm not gonna get Aldrich Estimate off that bus, man. No. I don't know. <laughs> no,
1: to me, the, the first thing you want to you thing off the bus is you get those, he's coming off the bus last. Yeah, here's why you get those big dudes come off the bus first, and you're like, oh, these guys are like giants, long yeah. arms, strong, big, muscular. And you're like, oh, okay, all right, the receiver's getting off the bus, okay, cool, you know. I, and then all of a sudden, Estimate gets off last. You're like, <laughs> what. Dude, come on, Now that's oh, you playing head games with people. That's exactly how my head games would be. I'm right. getting the mountains off the bus first, and then Audric is going to get off. Him and Jadarian Price are my last two dudes <laughs> off the bus, and yeah. they're the only two cats I'm allowing to go sleeveless when they get off the bus. <laughs> right? That's funny. That's Everybody funny. else is going to have their travel suit on, but I'm like, hey, Audric, Jadarian, y'all cats, you take your you know your travel jackets <laughs> off. Go sleeveless. Make, make,
2: make sure you did some do a couple uh,
1: push-ups yeah. in the back of the bus before y'all cats get off the bus, right? Uh, and yeah. get off flexing. That's what because have you yeah. guys seen Jadarian Price lately? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Notre Dame guy, will have the all Mr. Olympia looking running back room next year with Jadarian Price and Audric Estime. I man, I, the first time I saw
2: Audric, um first time I saw Jadarian this season when I think it was Dylan McCullough posted one of those pictures, I was like. I thought he was a scat-back kind of kid. He's <laughs> yeah. not a scat-back,
1: man. He's not a scat-back. It's crazy. Yep.
2: Seeing those guys. Brian, Brian's brian got the old Monstar team coming off the bus, though. Yes. Off uh,
1: first. First. Yes. But I'm rounding it up at the end with those cats, right? I, love I mean, it. that's the thing. That's there, the was thing. A
2: short, there was a short
1: Monstar in there, too, so it's yeah. acceptable, man. Yeah, the Muggsy Bogues one. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Here's a question that I found very in- hilarious. We are not Marshall said. What would you rather happen taking a punch from Mike Tyson or in his prime or being tackled by LT? Being ta- a, if I'm being tackled by Lawrence Taylor, I could maybe I- I start on. to run and then he tackles me from behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And even if he hits me with a blindside, I have a helmet, shoulder pads on, and rib pads, and knee pads, and thigh pads. If I'm getting punched from in the face from Mike Tyson, I'm out. Yes. You might die. I'm out. You might die. I might yeah. die. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm, I'm going to wake up and, and, and you know. My wife's gonna have found the new husband. They've been married for nine years because I've been in a coma for a decade. You I know what I mean? Like, up.
2: might never wake up. <laughs> I'm taking a punch from Mike Tyson? Are you nuts? As as long as as long as I don't have to be in the pocket against LT, yeah. like I need to probably run it back if I am attacked yeah. by LT. I don't want I don't want any Joe Thais stuff to happen, man. Don't
1: want yeah. that to happen. That would be uh, that would be. Yeah, I mean, that's not the that don't I don't count that as like taking a hit though. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I mean, it's like just getting lit up blindside style. Like that oh, would yeah. suck. That would hurt. That would not be I fun. Do, have you ever seen that reminds me of um have you ever watched pros
2: versus joes? You ever watch that show? It's Mm-mm. so funny, man. They have like retired athletes and you have to like play them in their sports, and they, okay. they would have stuff like that. They would have like a pass linebacker that you have to try to score a touchdown on like the two yard line, one on one, and stuff like that. It's hysterical. It's so funny. Yeah. You need to go yeah. watch it.
1: I may, we'll see. Is it oh, a TV should. show? Like a series, like it, it was, an, it American was gladiators show. used to be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was cool, man. Okay. It was cool. All right. And get to the next question. Here we go. Uh, here's one for you, Ryan. I'll let you answer this one. Uh, I talked a little bit about it yesterday, give you kind of some thoughts on it today. Benjamin Carchi mm-hmm. says, uh, What do you guys think about moving Marist to Viper? I think I've kind of shared my opinions a couple times, Ryan. I, I want to allow you to, to give your full thoughts on that.
2: I, I think the best spot for Marist Loyfthout moving forward is a little bit of a hybrid role, right? I don't think he's a full time Viper, but I think that there is definitely some packages and some looks where he as a athletic drop end that has a little more experience working in coverage especially when you kind of want to do some zone drop stuff i think that he can do a lot of stuff at viper so he's got explosiveness he's got length in a viper role too you can kind of make it a little more a little more niche as far as what you want him to do right like his one or two responsibilities on a play aside, aside out one or two responsibilities on a play in comparison to him being a read and react player. So I'm a fan of it in certain instances, right? Like there's, he's not definitely not going to be a full-time player because he's only 235 pounds. And if I, if I start putting too much weight on his frame, also, I don't want to zap him of his athleticism because that's what he brings to the table. Right. So I don't want to make it a full-time thing, but I think there's certain instances where you put him at Viper and you just kind of let him go, you know, just take the shackles off. Let him, let him go. You know, don't make him read him, react, make him, this is your responsibility, Maris, go make the play. And I think that that can be successful in spurts.
1: Tom Flavin says, Indy will need a much different pass game plan. Brian as a former OC, which wide receivers would you feature? So uh, I was a, a pass game coordinator, never full OC, uh, had a role in call plays, so but was never the OC. Uh, I mean, with the makeup of this team, well, I'll say this like, OK, let, let me put my, let's say I was Tommy Reese's advisor, because mm-hmm. I think this is a better way of looking at it, because I think that's more pertinent. Let's say Tommy Reese called me, say, Brian, I don't want to hire an analyst, but you're a straight shooter. Let's sit down and talk some ball. How do you th- who do you think I should feature in this game? I'd have to look at Tommy Reese's system, the personnel, the things I think he likes to do when his offense has thrived. And the thing I see is I, I see he likes long vertical outside players, mm-hmm. reliable inside players. So I'd feature Dion and Tobias outside. I would feature Jaden Thomas in the slot. I would have, you know, let the tight end battle be who it is. And I would feature, those would be my featured receivers. And then Lorenzo Styles would sort of be my jack of all trades, moving him around, doing some different things. He would be my guy I put in the game. I sent him on motions you know, I throw him some screens. I, I let him run some crosses and drags and, and try to get him the ball in some different ways. But maybe with this current team, he may not, with the way he played this year, he's not my dude. He's not my one or two. Now, he could eventually be that guy and, and be your X and, or be your Z, and he's your guy. And then Jaden Thomas becomes your jack of all trades or Tobias or Dion or whatever. But uh, that's what I would do right now. Because right now I just think Lorenzo still needs to kind of get his head on straight. You you just do there's some off with him. He's dropping balls that you know, that kid doesn't drop those passes, right? I mean, he's dropping simple stuff with no one near him. You know, crossers, hitches, stop routes, things like that. So um that's kind of that's kind of how I look at it, right? It, is I would say I would go there. And then of course, he you asked about wide receivers. So that's why I'm not focusing on the tight ends and the running backs, but you said wide receivers. That would be my that would be my focus as far as for the bowl game. That would be my mm-hmm. focus for the bowl game. Anything to add or push back no, on I mean, or I, take away I'm, from I'm, that?
2: I'm pretty much on, I mean, like, hey, I think I think one thing that we 100% agree on is I want the skyscrapers outside, right? Yeah. Like, I want Tobias. I want the Colsey 100%. I'm okay with there being a little bit of a rotation inside as far as, you know, some opportunities for – Jaden thomas some opportunities for lorenzo styles then i agree that lorenzo can kind of be your swiss army knife as far as that wide receiver but my non-negotiable is that dion colsey and tobias merriweather are my two main outside receivers no doubt about it
1: we're gonna have some cleaning up to do on the message board when we get back there ryan somebody just put a Uh-oh. thing down and it's a lot of negativity so we're gonna have to put the oh the a wine thread like if you want to complain do it here so there <laughs> we go that's, that's hysterical man yeah hysterical Yep. So here we go. Let's go to some more questions here. We have some super chats down here. Uh, oh, I actually want to make hey, this comment. Larry Fridell says, as a Browns fan, I wish Elway had stuck <laughs> with baseball. <laughs>
2: Dude, that Browns team was so good, man. They were, man. Every single time. They were. Just, I yeah. mean,
1: you had Kevin Mack and Ernest Beiner at running back and Bernie Reggie Langhorn, Webster Slaughter, receiver, Bernie uh Coles, Ozzie Newsom at tight end. You yes. know, line, you had Clay Matthews and Carl Banks at linebacker. Uh, that's good who are the two really good corners It was Hanford Dixon and Frank yes. Minnifield, right? Yeah. Right. It's yep. safety on some of those teams. Like those are some yep. really good Browns teams. They just, they were, they went against the goat and that's just the reality of it. So, you
3: that's know, it. zero
1: for three. And I lived in Cleveland Brown territory and every single year, Browns fans talk crazy trash to me leading up that game. <laughs> Cause I was, out, that was like, I was an even bigger Broncos fan at that age than I was a, uh a, a a Notre Dame fan. Like I didn't really become yeah. a Notre Dame fan until I was like 10. I was like a Broncos fan almost out of the womb, my dad said. Like as soon as Elway came to the league, like at five, I was like, that's my guy, five. That's funny. So like it wasn't really until they'd been in a couple Super Bowls that I really became a Notre Dame fan. I was a Broncos fan. It's like elementary school, Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. I remember we had a teacher, Mr. Hantorn, who who's a family friend, so don't take this the wrong way. But, you know, I was kind of running my mouth a little bit. I think on the second one, he picks me up, puts me up against the lockers. It was, again, it was it was like in good fun. And uh and and we had some fun with that one, but uh, yeah, I I very much enjoyed that. The problem is, I then would talk trash going into the Super Bowl, and it never worked out well for me till I was in college. <laughs> the first Super Bowl the Broncos won. I was a freshman in college, uh, but they lost all the ones that I was in. Uh, that they were in younger so I would run my ma- I wouldn't say anything leading up to the game against the Browns but after the game I talked a lot of trash and then my parents were Redskins fans and so uh, I think I was like 10 I think it was 87 so I would have been nine and I had my Broncos jersey on you know, my away jersey and all that stuff and Broncos go 10 nothing in the first quarter and I'm just I mean I'm I've always been a trash talker and I'm talking trash. And by halftime, and my dad didn't say a word, you know, what's he going to do? argue with a nine year old? Uh, but by halftime, it's thirty five to ten. And I'm like in tears. I'm throwing my jersey down. And that was my first lesson life lesson, because the talk my dad had with me was the you know, you, you need to you need to learn to win with class. You know, like, yeah, your team was winning and you acted like a knucklehead. You know, you're feeling bad now, not just because your team's losing, because you feel like, I don't know if he said it like this, but like that was the the takeaway was you feel like an idiot because you kept running your mouth and and, and your team couldn't back it up. So lose with grace or lose with class, win with grace is kind of the lesson that I was taught growing up. And that was a firsthand lesson (laughs) that was as a Broncos fan uh, going and going into that one. So. Uh, 13 says, just got my IB dark gray polo. So that'd be this one right here, which you can get in the merch store in the mail yesterday. Great quality. Well, worth it. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you liked it. Got a super chat here from Lux ND with a super chat. we here, uh, says, Hey, all hearing on local news that Tennessee has a bunch of early enrollees starting practices today. Does could Notre Dame do this 15 extra practices, Ryan, my under, I, I don't know what Tennessee system is, but basically the semester has to start. Mm -hmm. They can't play, but they can, they can be in the practices. The problem is uh, you can't do that until you enroll. Notre Dame semester doesn't begin until January. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are on quarter systems. So the quarter may have already started and then there's Christmas break. And then the quarter resumes when you get back in January, that's how some schools are. So if you're in a quarter system, there's a chance that some of the early enrollees have already enrolled in the second quarter, I believe now i don't know if that's true at tennessee i'm just giving you a potential scenario mm-hmm. other than that i i don't i don't notre dame doesn't have a, a, a loophole i don't know if there's like a winter semester that, that that may be able to enroll in i'm not quite sure if it's that you know but um, notre dame doesn't really have that option right, right. now yeah. so but they do have a lot of early enrollees that you should expect in january which is oh, nice yeah. so Charlie Weiss's last belt loop coach one last super chat, but why hasn't Notre Dame told the NCAA or have they, and it's okay. Thanks for the note kind of thing. Uh, Also shout out to Drake Bowen. (laughs) I don't know if Notre, I don't don't know if Notre Dame saying anything in the NCAA is going to change the thing. Like guys, no one's hiding this. No Mm -hmm. one's hiding this. This is so out in the open. Like Mm -hmm. nobody's hiding this stuff if the NCAA wanted to blast teams, it would take them 10 minutes of research to figure, you know, I mean, like I say hyperbolically, but it would not be hard to do, not be hard to yep. do. But not? And so, uh, you know,
2: I just, I don't. I, I, I think a lot of teams are probably frustrated with the NCAA. And uh, I'm sure that there's been teams that have probably already, you know, turned, turned schools in. And I'm sure the NCAA is probably, and this is just my opinion. Right. But, I'm sure that the NCAA has probably turned the cheek a little bit because yeah. they've made this madness that it is right? right. Like they made this wild West and that's right. where we're living right now. So I just, I don't think it would matter even if Notre Dame did or didn't, if I'm being honest, but shout out
1: to Drake Bowen agree. Yes. 100%. That, that is I'm with day, man. That is that day, I'm man. with. Yep. That I am with. Uh, so yes, that was uh and, and Christian Gray and Jeremiah Love and Adon James Alexander, right? Yes, right. Braylon James, yeah, yep, right. No doubt, a lot of them. I I think it goes back to what I said earlier, right? Right, Ryan, is if you if we believe that the NCA knew this was coming, why would they then try to regulate it? Right. If they right. wanted it regulated, they would have laid down more firm guidelines and rules. They would have taken more time with it, yeah, and they would have created this system in place to stop it. They, they i they just care. i have a hard time believing that they just did not see this coming they
2: they just don't I care just, or it's yeah. i mean you make a good point man maybe this is like a test period for them to show that they want it's broken and yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't sure know.
1: hey okay you know like i'm sure like there's a you know like i promise you you'll probably have this conversation at some point in time with your daughter when she's old enough to have these okay cool you don't like what i'm doing you don't like that you know you don't think we. Should, okay cool for the next week, you cook your own meals, you do your own laundry, you do, you know, and then you see how much you love this life or not, right? Like, and then what happens after about two days, your daughter's like, okay, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll do my chores. I'll do this, you know, just please get back to taking care of me. You know what I mean? Julia would so, never
2: do that. She would never do that. That's because she's your
1: first. She's already doing it, man. She's already doing it. <laughs> She's just a little too young for you to pull that on her. That would uh, be then child abuse, <laughs> you know. So, right, Brian. Brian yeah. Every time I sing in the car now, she goes, "No, Daddy, no, Daddy,
2: <laughs> no, Daddy." Okay, I get it. Don't sing.
1: You're like I used to think I was pretty good at this. Uh, I was, Patrick I, Tol- was, I was never good at it. I was never good Patrick Tolan with a super chat. Raymond should take Justin Tuck with him to the Bowens to show what Notre Dame can do to people for life after football. I would I would tell you all that that Notre Dame has had these conversations with that's part of their recruiting process leading into they've had the conversations with former players. They've had conversations with current players that are talking about the money they're making. The mm-hmm. problem is is that comes over time and you have to earn it. And if right. you're not a good player, you don't earn it. There's a difference between that and here's X amount of dollars. Sure. There's a difference. Yep. And that's the you know, that's the thing. That's where we are, man. Mark Stewart, a super chat says throw in a hoodie with that gold club. You know what, Mark? I'm not gonna do a hoodie because like then it's like okay, well then like okay, all my profits are gone. But it may not be a bad idea to up. I would have to I would have to raise the gold club higher, but to do that. But you know, it might not be a bad idea is like a t-shirt, wouldn't be a bad idea with that. Or a hat, maybe a hat. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mark, are so, you a hat guy?
2: Let us know, man.
1: Yeah, that might. I mean, that might It might not be a bad idea, Ryan. I, Mark, I have to do that. Mark, do me a favor, buddy. Uh, hit me up with the, on. Uh, you got my. You got my Twitter. You DM me all the time. Hit me up on that. I want to run run. couple ideas by. That's not a bad idea, Ryan. No, that's not a bad. Not I mean, because like the Gold Club, it's two hundred dollars. Right. Like I wouldn't do that for Shamrock because it's like all the profits, all the you know helping me out would be gone. Look, I just say, dude, just go sign up for the Shamrock and go buy a shirt. Like you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. uh, I don't make but. a Buck or two off of that stuff, you know, right? But Gold Club, uh, it's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. I have to think about that one. I have to think about Mark. That you're, one. you're a trendsetter, Mark. Is yeah, he, he is. To... He is. You know, uh, Brent Smith said this. This is this was a really interesting one, Ryan. He says, "Do you think Deion Sanders and Colorado will be the first team to receive the NIL death penalty?" No, I'm going to say no. this, Ryan. Yeah, I could see that. Because here's what the NCAA will not do: it won't be Bama, it won't be Georgia, sure. it won't be Oklahoma, it won't. That's why it was SMU, not Texas. Does anyone think SMU was necessarily doing something that wasn't already happening? It hmm. was a no, you can't. You're SMU. You're not Texas. You, you're not Oklahoma. You're not Nebraska. You can't do this. <laughs> Nobody ever got a gold Trans Am before that. You don't know. What you're right? About. Exactly. <laughs> well, here's the thing: the team that offered the gold Trans Am didn't get in trouble. It wasn't yeah, SMU. It was AM. and yeah. It was called the because uh, what did they call it? Uh, people, they called it the the something related to the the Trans A and M or something like that. I think is what they called it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I think that's what it was. But it, it wasn't even SMU that offered him that, right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it was because you're SMU. You're not supposed to be doing Wait, this. Texas A and M was offering money all the way back then, right? Wow. Right? Right? Shocker! Right? Things haven't changed. So. <laughs> It'll always be a program like this, and it wouldn't happen until after Dion leaves. That's what right. would happen. Dion would leave, then the yes. NCAA would come in, then they right. would do all these things, then Colorado will get crushed, and yeah. it it won't even be that Dion's doing anything different than what everybody else is doing. But it's like, well, Art, they never set an example of Ohio State, right? Michigan, Bama. Right. I probably um, shouldn't use Ohio State and Michigan the same way because they don't throw money around like these. It won't be Florida State. It won't be right. Alabama. It won't be Georgia. It won't the be big Texas. Right. Yeah, It'll be Colorado. Right. It'll be Missouri.
2: It'll but, but be I think, South Carolina. I, th- I think you made a good point, though, but it won't be until after Dion leaves because they'll never exactly. take Dion down. Nope. He's good for their brands. He's good for the he, whole Well, not
1: only that, but could you imagine the PR campaign that Dion would wage against them and win? <laughs> Yes. Handily. Win. He would win easily. He would win easily. You're right. Because You're he would not be afraid of them. He would be like, okay.
2: Oh, that's one okay. thing is Dion does not lack for confidence in any regard. Right.
1: <laughs> yep. No doubt. No doubt. Yes. That would be, uh, that would be fun. That would be fun. All right. That was, that was a, yeah, that was a, that was a, that's a good, like, I like where his head's there. Like why, mm-hmm. why Dion? Like, I don't know why Brent picked Dion. But mm-hmm. I know why I would pick Colorado, because you're a program the NCAA doesn't care about. Don't, sure. They have no problem coming after you. Like, if we come to find, like Arizona State, it wouldn't shock me if they just came down hard on Arizona State. Why? Yeah. Is Herm Edwards doing something that wasn't happening in other places? Probably not. Nah. But you can't do that at Arizona State, man. You If you want to do something mm-hmm. like that, you need to go over to Texas. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you sure. can't do that at South Carolina, man. If you want to do that, you need to go down to Georgia. They'll mm-hmm. let you do that there. That's just been, that's how the NCAA has always been, man, you know, or Notre Dame. So, yeah, Tyler Evans, what was your guy's favorite recruitment story and player, and the player ended up at Notre Dame? It's a recruitment My, story. I mean, Manti's was pretty cool. He just kind of woke up one day and, yeah. you know, just felt God told him this is where he needs to go, even though when he went to bed that night, you know, that was going to be something else. I'll say, I'll say mine. Mm-hmm is this mine is, and I think it's very relevant to what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Mine is this, the story goes this way. And and, and I believe Corey Miner's has told the story. Corey Miner was a big time recruit from California, like parade, all American five-star type, which is a modern day five-star type of kid mm-hmm. comes to Notre Dame. And, and I believe the story goes that he wasn't really feeling Notre Dame because it was cold. And I was told that it's like his mom stops him in the middle of campus she basically says to him, I can buy you a coat. I can't buy you this. Meaning everything that that Notre Dame is, the education, the, the pipeline. You know, now, you know, Corey Minor, I believe he owns a bunch of store, he owns a bunch of McDomino's out in California, I believe, and is making a lot of money as a businessman. Right? Now he he didn't pan out as a football player to the degree of what his ranking, he's a pretty good football player at Notre Dame, but he didn't pan out as like, and he played a little bit in the NFL for the Panthers, but like he didn't sign some hundred million dollar deal that he's now using to invest in that. He took what he did make and he's investing it in this. And he's a very successful guy. So, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's one of my favorite stories. That's one of my favorite ones is that, that right there. It's that, you know, yeah, that's one of my stories. That's one of my favorite stories. Is that right there, Ryan? Is it, yeah. You hear that, and you're like, okay, this is a kid that gets it. I love it. This is a mom that gets it. I should say. Yeah, you know, I I think um, it's not
2: as Notre Dame centric as as much, but one in 2023 that was pretty cool is the Sam Pendleton story, where I mean, basically, Sam the, he doesn't believe in all like the rivals camps, the Under Armour camps, all that type of stuff. So he was seriously under recruited. And he didn't start getting offers until pretty much the junior season that he started getting. And he wrote, I know he called and wrote letters to Notre Dame, I think three separate times and never got a return phone call at all. And then as soon as Harry Houston got in, he got on it. And I mean, we, I mean, you know, Brian, just kind of that backstory, right? Like he was like instantly, like, I want to go to Notre Dame, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But it was just, its a big story of perseverance on his part because he just did not stop, man. And he, ended up blowing it up. I mean, he had offers from Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, I think was in there at some points, like so, Sam Pendleton's I think is a, is a fun one because he was it's it's pretty it's pretty different nowadays for those types of kids that do not care about all those camps and stars yeah. and all that type of stuff. Like he's one of those rare players, you know.
1: So, I think if we're going to look at this year's class, I think the Brandon Hillman one was pretty cool. I think, I mean, kid comes into his senior year and he's got like, what, Norfolk State and like, I think it was like Howard or something like that. Yeah, That was a pretty cool one. Yeah, that was a pretty cool, cool one. It's yeah. a pretty cool one. So, Ryan, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, great stuff today. Uh, quick thought, we will we will um, probably have two shows tomorrow, I think, maybe. Uh, we'll have to see about that. Uh, number one. Number two, uh, I will be at the beginning of, I'm going to be on with Sean Steyer tonight, six o'clock, IB Nation Sports Talk. I will be on there at the beginning of that show uh for a little bit and then i believe he's going to have tom noy on after that's talk a little bit hoops a little bit so we'll we'll kind of dive into some of those things so six o'clock ib nation sports talk i'll be there and then of course tomorrow the guys will be having a ib nation um uh, the rapid the new rapid fire that they're doing on friday and we have a couple other things planned that are gonna be a lot of fun but we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock for our ryan what are we doing friday free for all mailbag yes sir no doubt <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun so that'll be that'll be a blast. I'm looking forward to that. And of course, um, hit that like button, everybody, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, sign up for the message boards at boards. Check out our main site at oursbreakdown.com. Subscribe to CFP Nation channel, folks, everybody, the podcast form, not just the the YouTube channel, but if you're looking at the YouTube channel, please watch some of those videos we have. I know that some of them are old, but we're going to put some new ones up here this weekend. Uh, they're going to have some stuff. The CFP Nation guys had some really good segments the last couple of days that I'm going to turn on and put on the videos. John Garcia's got some some uh, high school stuff that we're going to put onto there as well. So that'll be a lot of fun, but uh, make sure that you are still rocking with us. We'll continue to always bring the good intel, and it was good intel. Okay. Uh, and And we'll always talk about that stuff. So We appreciate all the support that y'all have given us the last two days means a lot. It really, really does mean a lot. So thank you all so much for Ryan. I'm Brian. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.